Modern. 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 We're prepping for a voyage. Modern. The force of an old-fashioned equals whiskey mass times bitters acceleration. Why don't you make that a double? Modern Bar Cart. What's shaking, cocktail fans? Welcome to episode 122 of the Modern Bar Cart podcast. I'm your host, Modern Bar Cart CEO, Eric Koslick. Thanks for joining me for this funky, fabulous interview episode where I sit down with the magicians and pranksters of the spirits and cocktail world and try to figure out how they keep stealing my wallet. This is a very special episode. It's kind of a behind-the-scenes look at what the research and development process actually entails for people in the cocktail world, like myself. I'm joined by my good friend and cocktail colleague, Charlie Birkinshaw of Element Shrub, and together we debrief a video series we spent about 12 hours over the course of two separate days filming alongside the awesome co-producer of this two-part episode, Maddie Haynes. For Charlie and me, education is a huge part of how we run our companies. We both make these esoteric cocktail mixers, right, bitters and shrubs, and we learned both of us early on, that if we want to have any prayer of succeeding at what we're doing, we need to figure out the best ways to teach people and inspire them to feel a little bit more comfortable playing with their cocktails. In this series, we work our way through the four most common acids you'll encounter in the cocktail world. Citric acid, acetic acid, malic acid, and lactic acid. Now, there's a good chance you've heard some or all of those words in some context before, whether it's on the ingredient panel of some food item or in a high school chemistry class. But we're examining these compounds through a strictly mixological lens so that you can understand some of the things going on below the surface in your favorite drinks. Before we jump into the interview, we do have a couple really important and exciting announcements, though. First one is Jungle Straws Are Here, which, without any context, is kind of a weird statement to make. Let me explain. Uh, as most of you, I'm sure, are aware, uh, there's a concerted effort in the bar industry and also at really mainstream places like Starbucks to reduce plastic waste in the form of disposable straws. So we thought we'd do our part here at Modern Bar Cart and offer a couple different options. They're both stylish and sustainable for your home drinking needs. The one we're launching with this episode is our seven-piece stainless steel set made by Jungle Straws, which comes with four straws, one straw cleaner, a bamboo carrying case, and even a jute cloth case that holds it all. This is a great personal set for an individual, and what I like about it is that you can take it to work with you, you can take it hiking or camping, and you're completely self-contained with your handy carrying case, and you can even reuse it because you've got that brush cleaner. To celebrate these new items, we're offering 15% off your entire order when you enter the coupon code JUNGLE at checkout anytime during the month of November 2019. And remember, as always, we're rocking that free shipping on all orders over $40. So head on over to modernbarcart.com and check that out. 
In next week's episode, I'll share the other sustainable straw set we're launching. But for now, I want to give you a couple great opportunities to hang out with me and the rest of the Modern Bar Cart squad. After all, it's our busy season here, so we'll be pounding the pavement in the Mid-Atlantic and spreading as much cocktail love as we possibly can. This coming Monday, November 4th, I'll be doing some podcasting and filming at the Catoctin Creek Battle of the Bartenders event at Osso in Brambleton, Virginia. I know it's a bit late and tickets may be hard to come by, but if you'll be at the event, be sure to stop by and say, hey, I'll be the guy with the camera, tall guy, big nose, dark hair. Yeah, that's me. Next, on November 8th through 10th, we'll be selling bitters and slinging drinks at the Emporium, which is a three-day event held at Dock 5 in Union Market here in Washington, D.C. There's multiple different timing options, so you can you know, get your tickets for a, for a certain day and time at this event. It's not like if you purchase it, you have to go to all three days. Uh, on the first day, the Friday night preview party, I'll be emceeing a cocktail competition, which is going to be great. And then... Saturday and Sunday, I'll be mixing up several hundred. <laughs> uh, I'm not, I wish I was lying. Several hundred Jungle Birds and Aperol spritzes. My arms are so tired after this event, but it's so worth it. It's so much fun. Uh, those drinks are going to be featuring local ingredients from companies like Lion Distilling and Don Ciccio Ifili. You can find links to both of those events over on the show notes page. And we also have some great holiday markets and even more cocktail parties and competitions coming up in the next month or two. So we'll share a few more of those with you next episode. During this conversation with Charlie, we cover a bunch of different featured cocktails and, and even featured cocktail ingredients that, that you can make with the addition of some of these powdered acids. So for the sake of avoiding redundancy here, we're just going to get right into it. Please enjoy this part one of my tangy, refreshing acid trip debrief with Charlie Birkinshaw of Element Shrub. Charlie, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks. Happy to be here. So before we get started here talking about different types of acids, why don't you just step back and give our listeners a little 411 on what's happening with Element Shrub because obviously we carry your products on our site. We've got people purchasing those bad boys, getting them delivered right to their doorstep. But you know, there, there's been a lot going on with your company. You've got some some cool uh, cool things going on. So why don't you tell us about maybe some of the travels you've been doing, some of the stuff that's exciting on your end? Yeah, yeah, it's been fun. And you know, obviously we're here talking about acid. Shrubs are made with, in our case, organic apple cider vinegar, which is a form of acetic acid. Acids have always been something I've been really excited about. Yeah, so recently we just got back from Germany, actually, from Berlin, the bar convent show in Europe out there, and it was incredible. We've done trade shows before, but this was almost like a world's fair where yeah. you, you would see, I mean, some booths had acrobats like hanging from the ceiling, like above their booth and yeah so it was it was really awesome it felt very sort of curated and really fun to just kind of check out the scene in europe it was sort of our first entry into sort of the international market and so yeah super fun 
And then we also, we've been kind of pushing our, our things on the distribution end. So in, in DC, Maryland, Delaware, we're working with Bacchus Distribution. So bars and restaurants locally can find our products through them. And then recently picked up a distributor in Connecticut whoop, whoop. Uh, called Brescom Barton. And so they'll be doing all of our on-premise and off-premise accounts up there. Nice. In the great state of Connecticut. Don't get me started on that state. No offense, Connecticut listeners, but kind of offense. That's great that you're kind of expanding your footprint, traveling a lot. You also launched the Ginger Lime shrub which i think is the newest member of the family that is that is the newest member yeah and it's been uh, a huge success so far so yes thank you thank you everyone available now at modernbarcart.com so yeah happy to be here and and this is a situation where you and i were kind of in this in the same space together We're, we're doing cocktail things we're thinking about cocktail things and our customers are people who are deeply concerned with using our stuff in cocktails and teaching their perhaps retail customers or their bartender customers how to do things better and so the purpose of this little project that we're putting together this is like the first step on an educational you might call it resource, you might call it a product, but basically it's gonna be a collection of videos. Just like the the podcast here is, is branching a little bit more into the video space, we're also doubling down on this and trying to make some educational videos available to folks, whether in the industry or just awesome home enthusiasts, that break down the bones of a specific topic, right? Is that is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, and, and right, as you said, not just with audio or even like a book, but you know, something visual that people can kind of go back to and yeah. Just push that little sideways triangle and someone starts talking at you. So we're calling this right now Drink Anatomy. We've got uh, got the URL, got the, the Instagram handle, and we're kind of slow rolling out this process here. So what this two-part episode is going to be based on is it's going to kind of walk you through the first four videos that we're doing and there will be also video associated with this podcast episode so you can head over to the show notes page on modernbarcart.com forward slash podcast and you can actually see we've got a few different items arrayed before us and and we're going to use these little creations that we've made to talk about some of the cocktails that we're making in these videos can you talk a little bit about how we decided to organize this first four video sequence Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I have been thinking about doing a sort of class. There was actually a TV series that I saw. It's Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat by uh, Samin Nosrat. Yes. Yes, exactly. And then sort of right around the same time, Derek Brown's book came out that was sort of the sugar spirits, you know, water bitters. bitters. But I thought it would be really fun to create sort of a cocktail documentary almost of the, the different components that go into a cocktail or or a non-alcoholic drink and really kind of do a deep dive but not so nerdy but that's still somewhat approachable almost in sort of a cocktail class format right and then you know with everything you're doing over at the modern bar cart and on the podcast you know, I thought, wow, this could be a really cool kind of collaboration that kind of brings together sort of the home bartender community with kind of a YouTube video series and just kind of take it from there and sort of explore that. Yeah, I like what you're saying too, because like, obviously you and I are a little bit better versed on a lot of these topics than uh, some home bartenders may tend to be. And I guess in that respect, it makes us you might call us experts, even though I kind of, you know, raise an eyebrow at that term, even, you know, several years into running this business. But the cool thing I think about the level that we're approaching 
these granular videos is that yes, we're very granular in the sense that we're talking in a given video about a very specific acid. We're talking about citric acid, for example, or acetic or malic or lactic acid. So in that sense, it's very zoomed in and kind of technical. But the cool thing is that you and I don't have necessarily super sciencey backgrounds. So when we're sitting down to do the research for this, we're coming at it with the same sort of knowledge that any one of our listeners or, or viewers would have. So when we go through the process of making this video and editing it and, and selecting for the facts that we wanna include, we're doing it with the end user in mind. And I think we're hitting at that perfect level of like just nerdy enough, but not dry, if that makes sense. Yeah, or just totally unattainable, right? Right, yeah, or something like, like you know. You need this type of equipment to make this, so right. sorry, you don't have one. Oh, well. We're referencing liquid intelligence, and, and that's a book where there's like a lot of very specialized equipment that you could use, but I think because we're passing this information through the filter of us and what we know about home bartending as people who do a lot of it, I think that makes this level that we're approaching at like very resonant with people and, and hopefully when the videos come out super attractive you know super interesting and, and useful that's at the end of the day we want people to use this stuff yeah so as we mentioned we've got these four videos so what we're going to do in this two-part episode is we're going to split it up two by two we're going to start in this episode by talking about citric acid and acetic acid which are they're kind of like the two most important or most often encountered acids in the cocktail world. And then in the next episode, we're gonna talk about malic acid and lactic acid, which are maybe a little bit less common, but I think are in some ways like kind of funky and really interesting. Yeah. Do you wanna kick us off and talk a little bit about citric acid and kind of give folks a high level overview of some of the things we talk about in that video? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, and, and most of you are, probably familiar with citric acid. Of all the acids we've we've mentioned, you have most definitely encountered citric acid. As the name would imply, it comes from citrus, lemons, limes, oranges, Grapefruits. grapefruit, etc. And, you know, if you think about cocktails in general, the sour cocktail family, so whether it is a daiquiri or a whiskey sour or a margarita sidecar, or a sidecar, margarita, yeah, what, what or, have you. So citric acid was isolated back in the late 1700s by a pharmaceutical chemist named Carl Scheel, who essentially just crystallized it from lemon juice. Mm -hmm. And just kind of a fun fact about this guy, known as Hard Luck Scheel, apparently he also discovered a few other elements, but others published their findings before him, so he didn't get credit. <laughs> discovered oxygen hydrogen, etc. So, And he's also responsible for like dried lemon juice. Dried lemon juice. Apparently. And oxygen. Yeah. Kind of a kind of an interesting resume, right? Yeah. Well, and the cool thing, we were talking about this off air. And one of the things I really like about this guy and the type of science that was going on in this period between like the year 1500 and the year 1800 or 1850 is that the types of experiments that went on were like, Francis Bacon trying to like figure out when food goes bad and inadvertently gives himself pneumonia and dies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's, what's funny actually is that this guy actually, he died at the age of 43 from mercury poisoning and in his experience, constantly exposed to mercury, obviously, but also lead and arsenic. And apparently he would smell and taste all of the new substances he discovered. Oh God. And I guess as a result, it 
may have cost him his life, but they should know. they should call him like Canary Shield. This guy yeah. was like the canary in the coal mine for all of us. Yeah, back no, to that, cocktails. That works. No, Carl Canary Shield. That's perfect. There you go. All right, back to cocktails. <laughs> so uh, one thing about citric acid, so it's a non-volatile acid, which means it doesn't give off an aroma. And we'll dig into this a little more when we talk about acetic acid. Well, let's talk about it now. There are certain terms that we're going to use or that you may encounter if you decide to do like deep dives on some of these compounds that we cover in the Drink Anatomy series. These these terms might sound kind of sciencey. So, so one thing I want to be really careful to define right now is that when we're talking about volatility, we're referring to it in a very specific sense. So these acids may or may not be volatile in other ways, but when you and I say volatile, we're talking about flavor and aroma. And so a volatile acid for our purposes here today is one that gives off aroma molecules. So if you can picture the acid sitting there in perhaps a, a drinking vessel, you can kind of visualize it like giving off molecules of aroma and the other non-volatile acids are not doing that. So if you smell a non-volatile acid, you might get the sense that you're smelling something that's not air, but you're certainly not gonna pick up like a distinct aroma print, if that makes sense. Whereas with acetic acid, like you mentioned, this is a particularly volatile acid in the aroma sense. You get that vinegar stank. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that, yes. obviously. <laughs> so we got citric acid, so it's non-volatile. Yep, non-volatile, so it doesn't have an aroma. Non-volatile, derived from citrus. And I think, let's just look at these two facts next to each other. Non-volatile, derived from citrus. It means that it's actually kind of a useful cocktail tool because it seems like kind of a constant. It's not giving off weird stuff. And it's derived from a pretty reliable source that people have been actually manipulating the genetics of citrus fruits for like thousands of years. So it's, it's kind of like a known entity. And I think in that respect, it makes it kind of like your ideal cocktail acid. Yeah, and it's probably why it's the most popular. Right. Right? Yeah, I mean, and, and so today, you know, citric acid is certainly used in the cocktail world in the form of lemon juice and lime juice, etc. But it's also just used as a general sort of acidifier or flavoring. Think like sour salt, right? Yep. In its industrial or commercial form, it's just a, a dried powder. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're somebody who reads the back of nutrition labels and you kind of look at the ingredients to see kind of what you're putting into your body, you most likely have seen citric acid as an ingredient on that list. And while you probably expected it in different kinds of beverages or seen it in different kinds of beverages and food, it's also used in kind of detergents and cosmetics and creams and things it's, like that. It's very widely used. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, millions of tons of citric acid are produced every year. Yeah. So one, one comment I have on that is in terms of the preservative side of things, you know, a lot of us grew up in a time where preservatives came under fire. And I think for good reason, you know, maybe our parents grew up in the age where canned foods and like these foods that can just last like on the shelf indefinitely for things like nuclear holocaust and stuff like that, where you, you kind of want everything in a can that's going right. to survive. You know, they, they like preservatives. We kind of, the pendulum sl swung back the other way, I think, for us. And people like really cast a suspicious eye on preservatives. But one thing I want to make very clear about acetic acid is it's like, if you see this as a preservative, it's like really no cause for concern. Yeah. It's kind of just an acidifier. Right. And it, it prevents the growth of certain types of bacteria in these food products that use it. And like you mentioned, when Carl Scheele isolated it, he just dried out some lemon juice. Right. 
no cause for concern like in the preservatives side of things. If you see citric acid in ice cream, it is acting as an emulsifying agent to keep mm-hmm. the fats from separating. And then you might see it in caramel as a way to prevent the sucrose from crystallizing. It's both functional and flavorful. Man, citric acid is a really interesting thing to take a deep dive on because I think what a lot of people don't realize is that you can actually go out and and literally what we did before we filmed these videos is we went to Amazon when we bought some just dried powdered citric acid along with the other acids that we investigated. And there's a really cool bar that I think brought some interesting attention to citric acid and what can be done with it. And that bar is a bar called Dandelion in England. And I was able a couple years ago to take a number of seminars at Tales of the Cocktail with a guy named Ian Griffiths, who is currently doing a project on sustainability called Trash Tiki, along with his wife, Kelsey, or fiance. But one of the, the cool things I learned speaking with him and, and listening to his seminars was about how you could actually use citric acid as a way to be more sustainable and actually a little bit more cost effective with your cocktails. Because if you think about the UK and where citrus grows, the UK is about on the other side of the world from wherever citrus grows. And and so to get it there, it's gonna cost a lot and that's gonna drive up your cost per drink. And it's also a a perishability concern, to be quite honest. You know, if if the citrus starts to go bad, you're not gonna be able to use as much of it. So you're wasting it. Right, right? So, so it's a sustainability thing in that respect. But it's also, somebody might, in a vacuum, say like, oh, well, I just really enjoy the pleasure I get out of pressing a lemon or pressing a lime and getting that fresh juice. And I'm not, no argument here. I mean, I, I love fresh squeezed citrus, but there are some places in some situations where it's maybe not ideal, or maybe there are some opportunities in using the powdered commercially produced form. Yeah. Before we kind of recorded this, we did a, we did a couple experiments, right? We created a lime acid. Right. Sort of mixture using not lime juice, but using water, citric acid, and malic acid, which mm-hmm. we kind of borrowed the recipe from liquid, Dave Arnold's yep. liquid, liquid Intelligence. But what was really cool about that is you were able to create a crystal clear liquid, right? Because you're using water as the base. But it tasted almost identical to, you know, a lemon juice or a lime juice. And going back to what you said about the sustainability of it, this is a essentially shelf-stable product that you can keep behind the bar. And if you don't have access to lemon juice or lime juice, or if you just run out, because sometimes you only buy enough lemons or limes for a couple of drinks, and then you run out and, and you, you need something else. And so yeah. just as a backup, right, it's it's a good alternative. I was a, a little bit surprised as, as we did these tests. I mean, not surprised in like, whoa, all of a sudden it's tangy and sour. It's like it kind of expected that to happen. But I was surprised in a, in a couple of ways. So let's let's start talking about synthetic lime acid that we have in front of us. And why don't we, you want to? Yeah, let's try it. Yeah, I've got a little pipette here. For the people in the in the uh, the GoPro video that we're currently recording, you can see a little bit of that. So I'm just gonna put a couple drops on my tongue, and it's so cool. It's just so freaking cool. Ooh, yeah, it's trippy. It's like it's like sour water, right? Yep. It's one of the, one of the points we we definitely need to be clear on right out of the gate is the fact that this is not the same as a squeezed half of a lime because what you're not getting is you're not getting some of those auxiliary flavor compounds that are present in the flesh 
and also some oils that are also, you know, you're, you're essentially squeezing the outside of the lime to get the insides out. So you're getting some of the oils from the skin in there as well. So that is definitely absent, but you're also getting a little cloudiness too. Right? Yeah. So when you do that, you get, of course, the cloudiness from the lime. So this is perfectly clear. It's got the same type of brightness and acidity. And also when we get to malic acid in the next segment, we'll talk about sort of like the, the length of the stimulus, which is important, but it's, so it's not lime juice. And yet if you were just making a cocktail that normally requires lime juice, this gets you like 90 to 95% of the way there. Yeah. Or if it was a blind taste test and I didn't know what was in front of me and you gave me, you know, a cup of lime juice and a cup of this yeah. and told me that this was like two different kinds of citrus, I would probably believe you. So that was a really cool experiment. And you know, we, we talked about like a potential use case for this type of lime acid would be the opportunity to create a perfectly clear daiquiri. Yeah. Yeah. You've got your white rum, right? You've got your lime acid, which is perfectly clear. And then you've got a simple syrup, which if you're using sort of white cane sugar, yeah, it's going to be, you know, 95% clear. Yeah. So you can create this and then the dilution, I mean, it may be cloudy coming right out of the shaker, but just like a perfectly shaken Vesper, don't come at me with this, you stir your Vesper nonsense, you shake your Vespers. With a perfectly shaken Vesper, you get that same like beautiful clarity. And I feel like we talked a little bit about this in the video. What you're doing is you're playing with expectations, right? And surprise and the delight associated with surprise in most art forms, whether you're talking about poetry, comedy, music, surprise and delight are kind of related to one another. So to be able to make this drink, and have it taste just like a daiquiri, but somehow be perfectly super clear, that's just, it just seems to me like an opportunity. Yeah. What's the other thing that is not clear that we have sitting in front of us? Yeah, so this is, it's an acidified orange juice. So what's cool about the acidified orange juice is, you know, and we talked about this before um, on the video, but, you know, even though orange juice is citric acid, it's not frequently seen in cocktails because lemon and lime juice are more sour. Yep, they, um, they just have, they have- uh, Orange juice is just naturally a sweeter citrus, right? And yep. so when you mix orange juice as sort of the acid component into a sour cocktail, whether it's a margarita or a daiquiri or a whiskey sour, the sweetness of the orange juice and the sweetness of the simple syrup just make the drink too sweet. Yep. So what we did is, again, another recipe from Liquid Intelligence. We've taken regular orange juice, which looks just like orange juice, and then added the citric acid and malic acid powder. So now it still looks like orange juice, but it tastes more like lemon juice or lime juice, which again is trippy. It's it's like playing with your mind. Yeah, it's uncanny. You're like, this shouldn't taste like this. This should taste like orange juice. And yet it does still taste like orange juice because all the orange flavors are still there. So. Right, you, you still get sort of like the bright, oil notes of the orange, but then you're getting like sort of like super sour, tangy, you know, mouthfeel. Right. So it definitely makes it uncanny. You're like, wait, it's orange juice, but it's not. It's lime juice, but it's not. I'm using it in a daiquiri and all of a sudden the daiquiris, it's not a clear daiquiri. It's not a regular daiquiri. Now you can make an orange daiquiri. Just having these elements kind of broken down in front of us, not just the citric acid and not just like the orange juice but to like think of them in light of their potential cocktail applications, I think is something that most people don't do because, hey, you know, we get into our routines, we pick our favorite cocktails and that's comforting, that's okay. But I think there's something to be said for saying, all right, 
what can I do to shake things up a little bit? Like kind of upset the natural balance of things. And what does that teach us about our favorite drinks? Yeah. One thing I do want to add, and this will become more clear in the next episode again when we talk about malic acid, but when we use these recipes from Liquid Intelligence, Dave Arnold broke them down so that the profile, the flavor profile of lime juice required not just citric acid, but also malic acid. And that's like the green flavor and the, the, the persistent flavor because citric acid, like the fact that it's not volatile, it also fades pretty quickly, right? Right. That's kind of like a soft, softer kind of mouthfeel than malic or, or acetic, right? Right. And so let's compare and kind of transition now into acetic. Can you talk about how that's definitely in many ways very different than citric acid? Yeah, so I mean, so acetum in Latin means vinegar, right? So acetic acid is volatile, so that it does have sort of that odor, as we were talking about before. And just side note, as a as a shrub maker, as one who has done many demos and tastings of shrubs for other people, the response I get from people when they try our shrubs is, wow, this smells like vinegar. And, and my answer is always, well, it is vinegar. And does it persist longer on the palate than citric acid it, generally? To, to me, it does. I think it burns a little bit more, right? So the way I sort of think about comparing citric acid and acetic acid is to compare sort of like when you think about wine, you think about like a Merlot or something that has sort of like a softer, less tannic kind of mouthfeel to like a Cabernet Sauvignon that's like going to bite your tongue a little bit more. And right, or like a, like a Malbec or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so the acetic acid, is it's going to burn a little bit more. And then, you know, what we do at Element Shrub, we have a lemon mint shrub, which is just kind of interesting. And I don't know if it was sort of something subconsciously that I did, but we sort of use it as a sour mix for the drinks that we make with it. You know, in that case, you're getting not just the acetic acid from the vinegar, but you're also getting citric acid from the lemons, right? Because we're putting lemons in, into the shrub itself. So it's kind of this cool balance of the burning sensation of the acetic acid with sort of the softer sensation of the citric. Of course, you're using, you know, lemons, so you're getting the acids and the oils from the peel, right? Right. I really like that approach to like the classic quote unquote sour mix because the first thing you learn as a home bartender like one of the first things is like sour mix is garbage well and if you look at the back of the ingredients on a typical sour mix typically it's nothing related to lemon juice or lime juice right so it makes sense but i enjoy your approach and and the other thing that i like about acetic acid and the reason why i think it holds a particular interest to people who enjoy alcoholic drinks but want an alcoholic beverage substitute is because of that burn. Yeah. Especially when you're adding things like herbs and ginger, the things that, that kind of also tend to linger on the palate, whether that's through the essential oils and flavor compounds in the herbs or the added spiciness of the ginger as well. So I, I really like your shrubs, shrubs in general, but, but your shrubs in particular because of the apple cider vinegar, because of that bite, it doesn't feel like you're missing something in the drink, if that makes sense, even though there's no alcohol. Yeah, well, thank you. But yeah, and, and you know, when it comes to sort of the odor, right, we make both a concentrate and a sparkling ready to drink. And when you're trying shrubs on their own, they're definitely gonna smell like vinegar. All shrubs need vinegar, sugar, and fruit to, to really be a shrub. So they're gonna taste usually sweeter than they smell and when you mix them into drinks, even though the acetic acid is still present in the drink, the smell is going to be masked by 
either the flavor or aroma of the spirit or something else that you're putting in the drink or counterbalanced by the sweetness, the simple syrup or whatever else. Right. Or even in the, in the ready to drink format, just by the dilution. Right. Exactly. So I like acetic acid. I don't know. Like it's probably like maybe not one of the more popular ones. I think it doesn't get enough credit is what I think. I agree. I mean, it's my favorite acid, obviously. So I don't have any formal experience as a bartender, right? So my really my only experience with cocktails is making shrubs and then trying to build content and drinks to make sure that people and the consumers that buy our shrubs know what to do with them, right? Right. I really enjoy flavor and bringing flavors together and all of that, but I don't have any formal experience as a bartender. But since I've started making shrubs, I definitely lean towards sour drinks and I lean towards acetic acid sour. I've had a couple of whiskey sours out at bars and they're made with lemon juice. And to me, like, it's weird to say, but I'm sort of disappointed because they feel and like drink softer and I want a little more burn in the drink. And as you mentioned, when it comes to non-alcoholic drinks as well, I think that's one of the really great applications for shrubs because you get your acetic acid from the vinegar, sometimes citric acid from whatever citrus is infused into the vinegar. And then, you know, for us, we also use herbs and spices. So you're getting some complexity there and then organic fair trade cane sugar. So you're getting sweetness. So you get this really cool balance all in one kind of bottle. And so you can either mix it with seltzer or you can add a little bit of sweet. You can add different teas to your shrubs. You can- Well, especially uh, because tea has that astringency factor. Right. Right, and it messes a little bit with the mouthfeel. Right, a bitterness as well, right? And so there's a ton of different ways you can incorporate shrubs into non-alcoholic drinks rather than just kind of mixing juices together, which can sometimes be really interesting, but usually ends up being too sweet. Right. Well, this has been awesome. I, I've really enjoyed like digging into this first half of our little acid trip together. I will say like right before we let the listeners go for this half of the episode in the videos, which they're coming out at a date TBD as yet, um, because we're, we're working on some of the other stuff like getting the site up and running, getting some of the branding put together for this little project. So they'll, they'll be up at a date to be determined, but when they do go up, we'll make sure to put the videos over on the show notes page over at modernbarcart.com. But we should mention the cocktails that we make in those two episodes, the citric acid episode and the acetic acid episode. And those are a daiquiri made yeah. with the acid adjusted orange juice. Right. White rum from Blind Distilling. Yep, um, our partners. And just a, a simple syrup, right, yep. that we mix. So you'll get to house. see that. And there's going to be two videos. You can see in our intro video how we make the acid-adjusted orange juice. And then we use it actually as an ingredient in the actual cocktail recipe. And then for the acetic acid, we basically do a side-by-side of a regular whiskey sour made with just lemon juice. And then one made with your lemon mint shrub, right? Yep. So those are the cocktails that we're kind of featuring with this. And we'll put some recipes for those over at the show notes page. I'll make sure that I put some of the specs for our lime acid and our acid adjusted orange juice. I'll make sure we share those recipes with you over on the show notes page. But for right now, this is the Modern Barcart Podcast. I'm Modern Barcart CEO Eric Koslick, hanging out with Charlie Birkinshaw of Element Shrub. And we will be back next episode to talk through the other two acids, malic and lactic.
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, there's two big things you can do for us here at Modern Bar Cart. One would be to tell your friends and family if you think they'd enjoy listening to us talk about cocktails. And if they don't download podcasts, they can always stream our episodes on their desktop directly from the show notes page at modernbarcart.com. The other thing you can do to help would be to head on over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts and leave us a review. Five stars are great, but we're more interested in your feedback. And the beauty is, the more reviews we have, the easier it will be for other folks out there to learn about our show. We're trying to start a cocktail revolution here, and by spreading the word, you're helping us fight the good fight. You can always reach us by emailing podcast at modernbarcart.com if you're looking for cocktail or bartending advice, or if you're a pro who would like to pull up a mic and be interviewed for all to hear. Also, definitely follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Modern Bar Cart for cocktail porn, recipes, and entertaining tips. And keep an eye out for new product releases and special offers, which are happening all the time. We love our listeners, and we really enjoy giving you exclusive discounts and sneak peeks at our latest and greatest cocktail projects. This episode may be over, but for you, the mixological fun and adventures are just beginning. So remember, folks, drink responsibly and experiment boldly. This episode was edited and produced by Madeline Haynes. It was also made possible with plenty of technical support and acid research by Charlie Birkinshaw of Element Shrub and a little bit of interview magic by yours truly. This has been a Modern Bar Cart production, copyright 2019.